0: You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your Otherworldly hosts, Kitty Fields and... Alora Rain! If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to receive notifications of our weekly episodes. Visit Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab a tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. And if you'd like to get your hands on some supplemental Book of Shadows pages, as well as exclusive minisodes, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burninghallows. We've talked about planets, houses, and signs, but what does it mean when two planetary bodies are within five degrees of each other, or when they form a perfect 120 degree triangle? aspects tell us how the planets, houses, and signs interact within our natal chart to enhance or hinder our efforts in a particular area of life. In today's astrology series episode, we will dive deep into angular aspects, so get out your protractor and get ready to draw.
1: So Alora is back. I know. I'm not I'm quite all better. Have but... you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite all better, but I'm here. That's the important part. I'm very happy that you're here, and I hope it all goes away soon. <laughs> me too. Me too.
0: We we missed you. I keep saying we. I missed you.
1: And, <laughs> I missed. Um, you. I think Jasmine missed you though too. We we missed Aww. having you. I know. I'm so sad that I missed that episode because I love her to death, but I'm very grateful that you guys had a filling co-host while I was out because I think she's just so dynamic and just, oh, I could listen to her all day. She definitely knows what she's talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you know personally about aspects or angular aspects in a natal chart? If I'm being completely honest, nothing. <laughs> that, that's that's actually uh, quite a bit of people. Um, I think most people have heard the terms, but yeah, I don't know. I the term. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but to have that term and then be able to have a definition like ready in your mind is kind of uh not, I don't know what the word is here I'm looking for. Prolific, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. A lot, yeah, you know. I I
0: assume it's like the I don't know, but I'm thinking like the the intersecting lines on a natal chart or something. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Okay.
1: But I so think I'm glad we're going to be
0: educating me as well as the listeners.
1: Yeah, well, I think we're going to be correcting that hopefully, and hopefully this is highly educational and enlightening for anyone out there who is interested in astrology at all. So (laughs) how are angular aspects created? Okay. So before we get into all the different ones, there is a little bit of background here. So when you're looking at a natal chart, there's something called a celestial ecliptic. And this is the imaginary pathway of the sun around the earth. Uh, or or the orbit of the Earth as viewed by the sun. Because remember, your natal chart is geocentric. So it is from the viewpoint of where you are at a specific time on the Earth when you are born. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And And then the sun goes around it. Right. Okay. So... Angular aspects are created when rays from two celestial bodies, so let's just use planets for example, so when two planets uh, reach the Earth in a particular manner. So that would include things like conjunctions, sextiles, squares, trines, oppositions, etc. Ooh, this sounds fun. It is. It is really fun. Um, each angular aspect is determined by degrees where the two points converged. And they're, it's based on fractional divisions of a 360 degree ecliptic, right? So natal charts are circular and these aspects are divided by 360 degrees. Okay. That, that makes sense? Yeah, it, it's getting
0: scientific up in here, but yes.
1: We're going to talk just briefly about the different, the main, I'm going to say the main angular aspects because there are a ton, a ton, a ton. But these are the ones that are commonly used
0: mm-hmm.
1: in natal charts and that you'll see. There's the conjunction, it's made within the same sign uh-huh. and it's exact at zero degrees. So if one planet and another planet are at the exact same degree in the exact same sign in the exact same house, they are conjunct. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like they match. Right. Gotcha. So then you've got semi-sextile. This is when, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. I said the S E word.
0: (laughs) Uh, this it's is like when your, it's two like teachers saying when I say page sixty nine
1: nobody can laugh. <laughs> okay, but a semi sextile is when two planetary bodies. Um, it includes one sign and it's exact at thirty degrees. Then you've got semi square. It's w- the this goes across one and a half sign, and it's forty five degrees difference. Sextile two signs sixty degrees squares three signs 90 degrees so that's kind of so let's huh. just take the square for a second let's pause here yeah so one of the ways that people can quickly point out like squares in a natal chart is let's say you've got I don't know pick a planet Neptune mm-hmm. in a particular <laughs> in a particular sign in house hmm and then if you count three houses over from where that planet is, and you've got another planet at the same degree in three signs over, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's going to be a square. But do you know what I actually mean? Actually make
0: a square like, on like, can you see the shape of a square or is this just the name of it?
1: We will get into that. Mm. Okay. My bad. That, that's yeah. a little, that's a little further down. Got gotcha. you. <laughs> What about the trine trine everybody loves a trine so that includes four signs and 120 degrees when exact then you've got sesquiquadrates Mm -hmm. which are four and a half signs and that's 135 degrees when exact quincunx which includes five signs and 150 degrees when exact and your oppositions are six signs apart and 180 degrees when exact. So oppositions are also easy to spot because this would be like Neptune is in one house and directly on the other side of your chart is another planet. Yeah. Okay. In the same degree. And and this is the degrees I'm talking about here are when exact and we'll get a little bit more in depth with that because Just because something isn't on an exact degree doesn't mean it's not a square. doesn't mean that it's not a trine Hmm. because it's very much open to interpretation depending on the orb that the astrologer is using. Mm. Okay. And all that that means is some astrologers use a five degree orb, which means that as long as these planets are within five degrees of being exact, it counts. And then some astrologers only use like a one degree orb or a three degree orb. It just depends on who's reading it
0: hmm.
1: okay, and how they okay. interpret it. There are
0: other factors to take into consideration, such as the applying and separating nature of the aspects, but this is more advanced. For the time being, we want to master angular aspects before moving on to aspect patterns and orbs.
1: Yep. Aspect patterns. I'm just going to define this here. So people know what we're talking about. Yeah. When you hear words like grand trine, grand cross, things like that, that is an aspect pattern. So that is when the aspects create large shapes within a natal chart. Got you. And I just kind of defined orbs just basically.
0: Some things to note, aspects are considered hard when they present challenges and soft when they present opportunities. That makes sense. The degree Mm -hmm. of their influence also can be based on whether they are considered a major or minor angular aspect. Major aspects carry more weight within a chart than minor aspects and therefore greater influence.
1: Yes, it's all very technical.
0: (laughs) It does sound very technical, yes.
1: And again, I will stress A lot of it, too, depends on the astrologer, because I know astrologers who don't see major and minor aspects like that. Uh, They see them as equally important, just affecting things differently. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, it just depends on the astrologer and and how they interpret things. Gotcha. Okay. Laura, can you
0: tell us more about or can you tell us about the uh,
1: conjunction So we talked a little bit about this, but a conjunction is when two planetary bodies occupy the same longitude along the ecliptic. So again, that's what I was talking about before when you've got basically two planets, two asteroids, whatever exact, like on top of each other, the closeness in proximity and whether it's considered a conjunction is debatable among astrologers. Again, this is because of that thing I was talking about with orbs and stuff. So some astrologers say that two points are conjunct when they're within zero to five degrees of each other. Some say zero to 10. Some say 10 degrees is only correct when the two points fall under the same deacon ruler. Um, There's all kinds of different reasonings for why an astrologer would consider it a conjunction depending on the degrees they use. But because these two points essentially remain together on a straight line rather than at an angle, Some astrologers consider this a position rather than an angular aspect, but this is considered a major soft angular aspect. Then the question becomes, okay, so now we know how they're made, but what does it mean? Right? Because that's kind of the whole purpose of the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So conjunct planets support one another by loaning each other, their energies. They, they have ups and downs together so if they're on a high they're on a high together if they're on a low they're on a low together well that's kind of messed up i know right (laughs) because they can be low oh yeah so they can be really great but they can also be like oh yeah (laughs) depending if a conjunction is present in a natal chart both chart points are affected by either's position creating both positive and negative qualities in each other at the same time. Hmm. This is why conjunctions are really worthwhile to study.
0: Yeah, I can see why. So that would really affect the person, I feel like, either way.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. very cool. Okay, all right. So the next one we want to talk about Mm -hmm. is?
0: (laughs) Semi-sextile. I thought I'd let you say the dirty
1: word this time. (laughs)
0: A semi-sextile occurs when two points are within 30 degrees of each other, making them one zodiac sign apart. Semi-sextile is considered a minor mixed quality angular aspect. Say that five times fast.
1: (laughs) And we'll get into mixed quality here in just a second.
0: Okay. The points that create a semi-sextile have an odd relationship. They usually have nothing in common except for the fact that they're neighbors. Hmm. The signs that form the house cusps generally are inharmonious. Leo and Aquarius, for example. The semi-sextile relationship can create friction without commonality, but they also provide innate potential. A real world example would be two neighbors who both want to build a pool in their backyard. While both can get the job done, one may opt for an in-ground pool with all the bells and whistles, while the other goes for the more affordable option of an above-ground pool with just a ladder. Either way, the pools get built, but through extremely different approaches. These points affect each other because of their proximity to one another.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. So this is mixed quality. It. <laughs> semi sextiles in my interpretation I don't think that they're that they're either super positive or super negative I think they're just weird like (laughs) (laughs) they affect each other because they're next to each other but they really have nothing in common
0: so like it's like a weird neighbor situation
1: it's a weird neighbor situation
0: (laughs) I have some of that going on over here
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man What about, so what about the semi-square? A semi-square is formed when two points create a 45 degree angle. So two planetary bodies, 45 degree angle. Mm -hmm. Semi-squares are considered a minor, hard angular aspect. The semi-square holds similar energies to the square, only not as amplified because we don't have a full square. We have part of a square. It's on its way to being a square, but it's not there quite yet. Ah, (laughs) Semi-squares show friction, stress, minor irritations, frustrations that are created between the two points that form them. However, with a semi-square, there's less awareness to the issues that are going on rather than in a square. So square problems are really in-your-face problems, whereas semi-square problems are more subconscious.
0: Oh. Okay, so that buried stuff.
1: Right. Would so this like be a good thing to look at if you're doing like shadow work
0: for example. Uh, oh yeah. Okay.
1: It, if I had to give like a real world example, this would be like having a lot of anger, right? And you know, let's say you're angry because your car is busted. But really it has nothing to do with the car. It has to do with something else that's going on with your own emotions that you're not conscious of. Oh my God. Yep. This is my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you need to go through your natal chart and pick out all the semi squares and see yeah, what happened for real.
0: <laughs> Literally had this conversation today about getting emotional over. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: so funny. Know. How timely. This is practical advice, people, really. Okay, why don't you tell us about sextiles? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh,
0: boy. The sextiles are created when two points form a 60-degree angle. Sextiles are considered a major soft angular aspect. The two planets that form this aspect are in a contract of cooperation, So ideas, opportunities, and energies flow freely between the two. They are supportive, compatible, inspiring, and encouraging of one another. This aspect frequently (laughs) reveals one's hidden talents and hidden achievable goals. Sextiles Mm -hmm. are generally a welcome sight to the natal chart, though they require some work to actualize. Since the mm-hmm. planets and signs involved are free flowing with one another, there aren't obstacles or challenges to motivate one to pursue hidden talents or goals. The sextiles can present the achievable, but not necessarily the fuel to manifest them.
1: Now, I'm going to use your child as an example here. Okay. Because your daughter is extremely artistically gifted. Yes but she's not necessarily motivated to pursue it. It's just something she's good at that she does when she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And it comes very easy to her. This could be the result of a sextile in her chart. I just used her as as an example because it was the first prominent example I could conjure in my mind. (laughs) It makes sense to me. I like it. It's a good one. All right. Now we're getting into the
0: dun, dun, dun. So can you explain to us about a square? Then? Yeah, that's
1: why I, that's why I made the dun dun dun. Yes, squares. When two points form a 90 degree angle, this is called a square. Mm. A square is considered a major hard angular aspect. So no, they don't you won't see a square from this particular angular aspect. Mm -hmm. Now, when you've got, you could have, you could see a square in your natal chart, but that's an aspect pattern. That's not an angular aspect. Does that make sense? Mm, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to have two squares for that. Square aspects present challenges, tension, and obstacles between the houses and planets that form the square. Unlike the semi-square, the struggles of the square are usually blatantly apparent to us because the points forming the square lack the ability to compromise or be flexible with one another. The square results in a deep internal push-pull between two opposing forces. Generally, a square is looked upon unfavorably because it requires a lot of concentration, a lot of discipline, and sacrifice to achieve the goals on the other side of the obstacles. Now, that doesn't mean that squares are impossible to navigate, but they're just really difficult. Oh, boy. Mm. I can see why. So, it for was, those, dun, dun, dun. yeah, because so for those of you that have a lot of squares in your natal chart, I'm s- so sorry. I need it, to look at mine can, again. Yeah. It can be challenging, really challenging. No doubt. Because I think that inflexibility between the two planetary bodies is uh, unforgiving sometimes so why don't you tell us about the trine aspect okay so
0: the trines are formed when two points create a 120 degree angle a trine is considered a major soft angular aspect if you travel 120 degrees around the ecliptic you will find that the same element occurs at each interval So 0, 120, and 240. This becomes important to note when looking at the trine. The points that form a trine will always be two points in the same element. For example, if a point is in Pisces and forms a trine, it's either going to be in Scorpio or Cancer. Oh, so those are the only signs that can be 120 degrees from Pisces. Okay. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yes, it is important, and you'll see why. Yeah, here in a
0: second. So, trine energy is supportive and synchronistic because the points are sitting in the same element, understand one another, and are working towards the same end goal. Trine aspects are usually considered the most favorable aspect within the natal chart. The trine shows us which chart points, houses, and signs host our blessings, talents, opportunities. And fortune or luck. Try and energy isn't without its caveats. Because try and energy brings luck, many people take it for granted or come to rely on luck in those particular areas of their lives. This can make them lack ambition or even lead to laziness. Hmm. As an example, someone who can sing like a professional has won numerous competitions, has made a demo but has never actually sent anything to a talent agency or recording studio probably has a trine in their natal chart. While trines are positive in a chart, they still require the honing of skill and the ambition to achieve to make the most out of what the divine has provided.
1: Yes. Hmm. And there again, if we're using your beautiful daughter as an example, she could totally have uh, a trine or even a grand trine, which a grand trine is is a, an aspect pattern as well. So that's where you get the big triangles that you see in a natal chart. So her
0: trine is trying to make me go crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Could be. <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about is called the sesquiquadrate i have also heard this called Square or sesquare. This angular aspect is the one that has the glyph that looks like a Q almost. And speaking of the glyphs for our patrons, if you go and get the Book of Shadows pages that are posted on our Patreon, that you will see all the glyphs that accompany these angular aspects as well. Yeah, it helps to visualize. Yeah, I'm definitely a visual
0: person. So those are really helpful for me.
1: Yes. Okay. So a sesquiquadrate or a sesquare is a square plus a semi-square. So it's a square and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is formed when two points form a 135 degree angle. They are considered minor, hard, angular aspects. These ones carry energy like that of the square and the semi-square. However, they represent past life trauma, karmic dissonance, and soul fragmentation. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. Essentially, the houses that form the sesquiquadrates or sesquares show us where we were deeply troubled in past lives and the points positioned there show how or why we suffered.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So so if you're into past life stuff. Right. Look at these points. I didn't
0: even know but, this stuff existed in a natal chart. This is awesome.
1: Oh yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> this is why it's so interesting. No doubt. Okay. But in the present, this particular angular aspect is a minor disturbance, typically revealing your current insecurities or fears, which can't be explained by you. Mm. Like they're irrational insecurities and fears that you might have.
0: Got you. I want to rename the
1: Susquare thing to Sasquatch. Yes. The Sasquatch point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one's called a quincunx.
0: Okay. So the quincunx In conjunct per Ptolemy is formed when two points create a 150 degree angle. The quincunx is considered a minor angular aspect. The nature of this aspect is debatable. This is because while the points can be favorable to one another, the aspect often occurs in inharmonious signs creating difficulties. Oh. Some Mm. astrologers consider the quincunx a hard aspect while others consider it soft however more and more astrologers are judging each quincunx on its own merits determining some to be hard and some to be soft
1: so this is this again is a mixed quality the
0: quincunx generally shows us where we need to channel our energy and willpower if we wish to achieve the potential of the midheaven or life path There is an aspect of destiny connected to the quincunx aspect. This energy presents as energy that's not one's choice, but rather that we as as individuals are destined to experience quincunx energy if it's present. When properly integrated, we take a step towards our midheaven. Well, that got deep. (laughs) That did
1: get deep. (laughs) But basically what that's saying is, So a kung shows us where we need to channel our energy and willpower to achieve our life path, right? Mm -hmm. And there's sort of this aspect of fate tied to it, but it needs to be properly integrated to get to
0: the life path. There's that integration word again that we love so much. I know. When it comes to, you know, when it comes to shadow work, everything is like, we have to integrate our shadows. We do. (laughs) We do. Mm -hmm. So I guess this is last but not least opposition.
1: Yes. And the opposition has a glyph that looks like, I always think it looks like a baby rattle.
0: Okay. Yeah. I could see that. I was thinking like glasses, but I think the baby rattle makes
1: more sense. Or glasses. That works too, but an opposition is formed when two points create a 180 degree angle. So they're directly across from each other. Mm -hmm. This is considered a major hard angular aspect. So because the two points are so far apart and directly across from each other, tension and conflict between these two points can be intense and create a standoff. However, there is a positive side to the opposition. These points can compromise and support each other with their strengths and find a middle ground. And that's how that's really one of the big differences between a square and an opposition with a square. There's no compromise. There's no give. There's no nothing like that. Whereas an opposition, an opposition can compromise, can be supportive.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Essentially, the individual must consciously choose to work the opposition in their favor. If the oppositions are balanced and a middle ground is found, the individual can grow enormously from the pressure caused by the opposition.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, challenges bring a lot of lessons, right?
1: Heck yeah. We oppose the opposition. (laughs) Just quickly, (laughs) I wanted to say again that these are by far not the only angular aspects in a natal chart. Some of the more rare ones, I just wanted to throw out there to just, I don't know, give you a little bit of information. <laughs> Some of the ones that exist that pr- you probably won't see on your natal chart if you have it done are things like no vile, uh, vigintile, tried to seal uh, septile, like these are all rare minor aspects. But interestingly enough, these rare minor aspects are judged on a case by case basis. So they're not automatically determined to be hard, soft, whatever. And a meaning to them is hard to prescribe because they vary. Quite a bit from chart to chart. Mm -hmm. So, how they're interpreted is really up to the astrologer and how they have, like the patterns that they've discerned, reading them across chart after chart after chart. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Hundo P. Hundo
0: P. Does that take us through all of the angles of angular
1: aspects? It does. At least the ones that are most prominent. Awesome. I enjoyed
0: that. It 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 was some parts, it took me a few minutes to think about it and to absorb it, but it was very informative. And I, again, I didn't know that you could find all this out through a natal chart. So it's pretty awesome.
1: Heck yeah. And if Again, if you're a visual learner, check out the free infographic on our social medias. And if you're on Patreon, definitely check out the Book of Shadows pages because it has a lot of the visual information as well.
0: Yep. I'll be doing that. (laughs) Awesome.
1: (laughs) If you enjoyed the show, be sure to stay tuned for our next installment in our astrology series next season on aspect patterns. If you have feedback questions or if you want to start a podcast under the Burning Hallows Productions banner, email us at burninghallowsproductions, all one word, at gmail.com. And remember, whether you're in the land of the fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.